Take your Bible and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew, chapter 24. When they had asked Jesus Christ concerning the times of the end, the promise of your coming, the signs of your coming, and when the temple is going to be destroyed, he says to him in verse 15, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, then he says, Whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. There is a place that God has reserved for his people during this terrible tribulation period that's coming upon the earth. And I'll show you that in just a second. But this verse 15 tells us that there is going to be a, a peace treaty made with Israel. And right now you would wonder about a couple of the peace treaties that had already been signed. It doesn't look too good like they're going to hold up. And it looks like who knows what's going to happen with many of the Arab nations. And are they going to be all wonderful and kind and loving to Israel? Oh, we just love Israel. And they're willing to make a peace treaty with Israel because they're in love with Israel. Or are they going to try to all join together and say, now's the time to wipe them out. Let's all go together and, and, and do it. You see, a lot of people don't believe America is strong enough to defend Israel. Israel has questions about America's loyalty. I'm not joking. I'm just telling you straight. I believe God will bless America as we are a blessing to Israel. But if we turn on Israel, we have no protection upon us. Because God said, I'll bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse them. Now, whether or not you like the Jews or not, I don't really care. I'm just telling you what the book says. And God promised a blessing upon those who are a blessing to Israel. And a curse if they do not. Any way you want to, let it fall. But he makes a statement. The day is coming. And look down in verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, uh, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. That God says, a terrible, terrible time is coming upon this earth. And whether we like it or not, you see, the world is not going to get better and better and better and better and better. And it's going to become so good, well, we're going to make this a utopia upon the earth. It's not going to happen. God's word promised it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And that's the direction that we're headed. And there doesn't seem to be adequate leadership that understands truth and what direction to go. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 8. Daniel in chapter 8, all the way over there in the Old Testament to the book of Daniel. And you'll notice in the book of Daniel, in chapter 8, and look in verse 23. Daniel chapter 8. Verse 23, you see, Daniel had seen several visions. God had spoke to him about things that were going to happen in the end times. And he makes the statement in Daniel chapter 8, in verse 23, And in the latter times of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance, and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. So this is a promise that in the last days, 
during this tribulation period upon the earth, the time we call the 70th week of Daniel. Now, as you study through the book of Daniel, there are many times what we call a near prophecy and a far prophecy. One that happens then, but not all of it. And then later on down the road, because history repeats itself, God gives a fuller explanation of what's going to take place. So it seems like it's talking about right here, and then you look at something, that can't be happening here. That's talking about over here. And the Word of God is written in such a way, not just to satisfy curiosity seekers, but those who know the Word and believe the Word and compare the Word to fit it all together. But look what he says here in chapter 8. And you notice here in verse 23, A king of fierce countenance and understanding darts it and shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Now we know that in the tribulation period, according to the book of Revelation chapter 13, that the dragon will give power to the beast. So he doesn't have his own power. He's getting it from somebody. Now you and I have never seen the devil. No, it's not your wife. It's not your mother-in-law. There is a real devil, and he is a spirit, but you cannot see him, but he works behind the scenes. And the Bible says that he is going to give this individual his power. See, Satan has wanted to rule this world. And God is going to let him have seven years to do all his damage. He's going to take us out of here and then let him have his seven years. And the devil is going to do all the damage he possibly can. And God is going to take pour out his wrath, the devil's poured out his wrath, and you talk about this is no place to be. Earth will not be the place to be. That's why I'm so glad I'm going to get out of here. But now, here in Daniel, look there now in verse 24. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. See, there's going to be people here upon the earth. 144,000 Jewish evangelists are going to be preaching the gospel during this seven-year period of time. 12,000 from 12 tribes, 144,000, chapter 7 of Revelation, also chapter 14. So that's going to be done. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, multitudes of people, multitudes, and in chapter 7, will be in heaven because they were killed during the tribulation period. So this beast that comes, this antichrist, uh, this king of fierce countenance, he is going to be so wicked. He's going to come after all of God's people and kill as many as possible. That's why when Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation period, it says they're going to be ruling and reigning upon the earth. And he says, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for their testimony during this tribulation period. So how were they killed? Most of them will be killed by beheaded. Now, that means that there has to be a form of government that will be so severe and so wicked that that's exactly what they're going to do. There is a religion on the world scene that this is their main way of executing. And they have not taken over because they are a peaceful religion. It's because they use fear and intimidation. They cause people not to say something because you don't want to make them mad.
they'll kill you. So whatever we do, don't offend the religion of Islam. And I'm telling you straight. Our government is afraid to say the truth about it. And there's many people across this country that are afraid to say anything because if you draw a picture and you offend the religion of Islam or you offend that Koran, look out, buddy. Well, I want you to know that Koran is a war manual. Religion of Islam is not a peaceful religion. It's how to conquer, how to destroy. It's force, brute force. It's fear and intimidation. And I decided years ago, as a child of God, I don't believe my Heavenly Father wants me to live my life in fear. And I am not afraid. But if I know truth, I should stand for truth. And I should not be afraid. But I believe we have, all of Europe is afraid today, and they're living in fear. We got people in our country right now. And I told y'all not long ago, it won't be long before they want to try to put Sharia law into our court system. I mentioned it right here. It's coming. It's coming. Because it will make sense. And we don't want to offend them. Because you know they're willing to die for what they believe. And so out of fear, intimidation, we sit idly by and do absolutely nothing. But I want you to understand what this book is talking about. Look what he says there in verse 25. And through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace, get that, by peace shall destroy many. You see that? By peace, destroy. And he shall also stand up against the prince of princes. That's a capital P. That means this is the one that's going to be here when the prince, Christ, returns. So we know that we're talking about the tribulation period, which is right before Christ comes back to the earth. But this day cannot come till, first of all, there is a departure, and then the man of sin, and then he will be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we just read just a moment ago. But you see, you can't understand all of this without understanding the book of Thessalonians. Or the book of Matthew, or the book of Revelation. It all ties together, and each one gives us a little bit more of a, a revelation of understanding. And look what he says here in verse 26. And the vision of the Eden and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And Daniel says, this was a dark day in his life, and he did not understand the vision. Now, Take your Bible and look there in the book of Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. During this 70th week, it is after the coming of Christ. It is after the temple is destroyed in Jerusalem. You see, how do I know that? Look there in verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem, because it had been destroyed... You see, Daniel was in the place called Babylon. They had been taken captive. And so now he's having a, a revelation about how long it's going to be until the Messiah. And he said, unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks, 
three score and two weeks, and the street shall be built again. The walls, even in troublous time. After three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be what? Cut off. So we know that while they were in Babylon, the city had been destroyed, the temple destroyed. They go back and they rebuild the temple. Christ comes, and then it says here, and the Messiah is cut off. So what we're talking about in verse 27 is afterwards, and it's for seven years, one week left, a week of seven years in verse 27, and he, the prince that shall come, not talking about Christ, this is the small p from verse 26, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week, he shall call the sacrifice and oblations to cease. So there's going to be a temple rebuilt. They're going to have their sacrifices. And this Antichrist that comes on the scene is going to cause the sacrifices to stop. He goes into the temple and he claims himself he is God and demands the world to worship him. Can you believe that a man could come on the face of this earth and claim that he is God and people believe it? Now, Jesus Christ really did. And they wouldn't believe it. They crucified him. So what did he do? Come back from the dead. And we've been preaching that story ever since. But there's going to be another one come on the scene. And the world They're going to believe it. And he's going to have a ministry. And people are going to believe his lies. Very, very deceptive. Look in Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. And look in verse 21. Verse 21. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And the people, see, are going to believe the lies. Somebody could come into this world system and be able to convince the world he is the answer to their problems. Because, you see, the world today is looking for somebody, some leader, that not only can lead a country, but the world. The world is ready for a world leader. And they'll put everything together. And it's going to make so much sense. And this guy, whoever he is, there'll be some people who will know the truth and know he's lying. But the majority of the people will not believe he's lying. They will swallow it hook, line, and sinker because the Bible says because they receive not the love of the truth, God will send them strong delusions that they will believe the lie. And that's how he will control. And he will promise. He'll use flattery, peace. So the first three and a half years of the Antichrist, the seven years, is a false peace. By peace, he conquers. And people, the Bible says, they will give their power to this man. He don't have to take he'll They'll give it to him. Of course, he'll destroy those that won't, but they'll do it very willingly. And for three and a half years, the most worst, the most wicked period of time on the face of this earth. And the Bible's talking about there'll be famines. Do you realize how close this world is to a world famine? I'm serious. I said it before, and I'm going to tell you again. Store up on some water. Store up on some food. Don't put all your cash in the bank. 
It's only a stopgap measure. It only lasts for a little while. We all know that. But it might give you a chance to think or find a way of what you can do. I don't know. I would not just be totally at the mercy without anything. You say, you're an alarmist. I know. You're trying to scare us. I know. I want God's people to be knowledgeable of the times in which they live. Is that wrong? Am I wicked because of that? If you want a nice little Sunday school teacher, you need to get somebody else beside me. But when I came here, you said you wanted me, and you got me. This, this is me. But there's times when you have to know. And I have to feel like I, I believe this is part of my responsibility. Not only to feed the flock, but to warn the flock. So anyway, he says here in chapter 11. Look there in verse 22. And with the arms of a flood shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken. Yea, also, and that's a small piece, prince of the covenant. The one that makes this treaty of chapter 9 and verse 27. There is a peace treaty that will be made. It will be broken. It will be broken. Uh, look there also in verse 28. And then shall he return into his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and shall do exploit and return to his own land. And then he makes the statement about this in verse 30. Uh, there's other powers in the world that are not totally under the Antichrist uh, that are going to cause him problems. And it says... He saw the indignation against the, and here's that word again, holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have diligence or intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. Now, Israel has forsaken her holy covenant. She's made peace treaties with those that she should not. She is willing to part her land which she should not. In the book of Joel, and also in the book of Hosea chapter 4, it talks about they parted my land. This was not and is not the will of God. But Israel will do so out of fear, trying to appease. Have you noticed that any time Israel tries to appease, it don't work? It doesn't work. Because all you're doing is, is feeding a monster. They got the nose inside of the tent, and they won't quit until the whole camel is on the inside. And get this. You'll notice also in verse 32, And such as do wickedly against the covenant, the peace treaty, shall he corrupt, get this, by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. So God has his people, and they're still going to be doing things. Uh, God's going to have the two witnesses that are going to be here. And they're going to be punishing and bringing down fire and all kinds of stuff. This is going to be one wild show. When I'm up in heaven, I'm going to get me a ringside seat. I don't know what the rest of y'all are going to be, but I want to know. I want to see all of this stuff going on. But you'll notice down in verse 35, he says, And some of them of understanding shall fail to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end. We're talking about the time of the end, before Christ comes back in power and great glory and sets up his kingdom upon the earth. As you study through the book of Daniel, find the words time of the end, time of the end, time of the end, time of the end. Mentioned over and over again. But it's talking about at the end of the tribulation period. The time of the end of the 70th week of Daniel. All this is coming. Now, I want you to look in verse 41. Verse 41. 
He shall enter also into the glorious land. Uh, this is like, you know, you read what's going to happen, and then he goes back and he tells you, nah, this is how it's going to happen. So it's like, boom, and then he goes back, and now let's break it down. It's like sometimes I give people my outline and my message, and then I go back and I teach my lesson. Well, God's Word does exactly the same thing. So there in verse 41, he shall enter also into the glorious land. Many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and Ammon. I believe this is that part of Jordan where uh, the place called Petra, where God has got a place preserved. And it says that with a great eagle, he's going to take his people into the wilderness and they're going to be protected. That's why he says, whenever you see this man of sin going to that temple and claim himself that he is God, you get down, you get out. Don't stop to get anything. Just get out of there. And this is, I believe, where they're going to be headed. Now, that's also in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 12, toward the end of the chapter. And then look down here in verse 43. And he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, over all the precious things of Egypt and Libyans. Hmm. Hmm. And the Ethiopians shall be at his step. But tidings out of the east and out of the north and blah, blah, blah. He's going to trouble him. And look in verse 45. And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. That's in Israel. So this is where the Antichrist is going to plant his seat of authority. Right there in Jerusalem. And I said years ago, I may not be right, but Jerusalem, in order for there to be any peace under the United Nations, will have to be made an international city where they will guarantee peace and they'll be able to have these three things according to a covenant. The right to exist as a people, the right to exist in their land, and the right to rebuild their temple. I believe it's all coming. You just remember that uh, you sit here at church one day and you heard some of this. Regardless of how you believe it right now, you just watch and see if it don't come that way. Now, in Daniel chapter 12, I want you to look at this very quickly. At that time shall Michael stand up for the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. Talk about Israel. There shall be a time of trouble. Time of trouble. That's the time of sorrow. That's the seven-year tribulation period upon the earth. This is when this peace treaty is supposed to be made. He says, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered. So God is going to deliver his people. But only God is going to be able to deliver his people. Because the nations of the world are coming together. And in Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 1 it says, And all the nations of the earth will gather together against Jerusalem. And the Lord himself shall go and fight for his people. And it says, In that day shall his feet touch upon the Mount of Olives, and it will cleave in the mist. And during this period of time, it makes a statement in verse 12 of chapter 14. And this shall be the plague where God will smite those nations that came against Jerusalem to battle them. That while they stand upon their feet, their flesh shall consume away off their bones and their eyes shall consume away out of their sockets. It's coming. It's coming. And those that know the truth will be able to see it and know what's happening. And those that refuse this book and don't believe what this book says, we're going to be sucked into believing a lie. And it will make so much that they'll be deceived. But you see, when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. The only way you can detect error is knowing truth. And when you don't know truth, you don't know it's error. You don't know it's wrong. You can't tell. That's why there's an advantage of studying the Word of God.
And I pray that as we get closer, you get older, that you have a greater love and appreciation for this book. It truly is what it claims to be, the Word of God. Look up here. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God says that He loves us. Now, He hates what we do wrong, but He loves us. Now, He loves you, but He don't like what you do wrong, but He loves you. And the Bible says to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. So by our good deeds, we cannot earn the right to go to heaven. God says it's not by works that we're saved. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, did not have to die. He took ours and died for us. Came back from the dead and said, if you and I, if we would believe He did it for us, He would put this payment to our account, and we would go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That's the best news in all the world. Eternal life is the gift of God. If I offered you this microphone and you accept, you'd have a microphone. If I offered you my wallet and you accept, you'd have an empty wallet. If Christ came in here right now and offered you eternal life and you accepted it, you would have eternal life. And if it's eternal life, it would last forever. And if it lasts forever and all your sins are paid, then where would you go when you die? To heaven. So can you know you're going to heaven before you die? Yes. I know that I'm going to heaven whenever I die. I know if the rapture took place right now, I know I'm going. Well, I've got God's word on it. He promised. God can't lie. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, if the Lord came back right now to take all of His children home like He promised in His word, you won't go. You don't go. You will stay here upon this earth. And you may be killed while you're here. You may trust the Lord later, but I don't know. Nobody can answer that for you. It makes sense to trust Christ as Savior now. You know, a, a person would be a fool to turn down a free gift. Now, if I was trying to get you to promise how good you're going to live, that would be hypocritical. Because you wouldn't know if you could perform or not. But if I say, look, it's a gift, it's free. Will you trust Christ as your Savior? That's all you have to do is believe He died on that cross and paid for your sins. And if you accept it, then God puts that payment that He made to your account. You get to go to heaven on what He did. See, you didn't earn that. You didn't work for it. You didn't buy it. It's the gift of God. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and never have trusted Christ as Savior, would you just talk to the Lord right now and say something simple like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I believe Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him right now as my only hope of going to heaven. And preach, I'd like for you to pray for me in closing. Friend, would you just slip your hand up very quickly? Put it right back down. Say, yes, I believe that made sense to me. And I want to trust Christ as my Savior. I want to be certain of going to heaven. And one at all before we close. If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, serve the Lord with all your heart while you can. Tell people about it. Get people to understand. Salvation is the most important thing. You may not be able to explain all the stuff about the government and the stuff about the tribulation period of the Antichrist. But you can tell them that, look, God loves you. Christ paid for your sins. Will you trust him? That's so important. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one here. And help us, Father, to have the wisdom to know how to live this side of eternity in the days and lives ahead of us. Help us to do right. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.